My name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor in, uh, in, on the Millen campus. And uh, I'll tell you, I just, I don't know um, how to express how much I love Dublin and love this place um, and love your pastor. Um, it's, the things Buck tells me that's going on here, uh, it was just, it's, it's exciting to see God breaking chains and God moving. And, and man, that song that was just sung, my heart's desire to see God change everything. Amen. Not everything in just your life, but everything in this community. Because when God's in it, he turns up things upside down, don't he? When I met Jesus, he turned my life upside down. I was never the same again. And then, so when God is in it, man, radical things start happening. Things start changing. Lives start being transformed. And that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me. I'm, I tell you, as you can tell, probably by the way I'm talking, I'm an excitable fella. I liked, I, I'm, I'm a, before I met Jesus, you could hardly get me to talk in front of a crowd. I wouldn't even, I, they asked me to say the, um, the prayer one Sunday in church before, during the announcements, and I almost died up there. And so when I met Jesus and he radically changed my life, man, let me tell you, he, he changed everything. He allowed me to do things I never thought I could do. He put me in places I never thought I'd be. And he's good. Amen? And so something I want, you, I want to tell you about myself is, is I am uh, what some people call crazy. Um, I, uh, I like extreme sports. Anything that can send you to the hospital or get you to meet Jesus faster, I love. And uh, so if I'm, if I'm a, y'all need to excuse if I stutter a little bit or if I chase a rabbit today, I'm, I'm experiencing a little bit of jet lag. I just got back. I come home um, the day before yesterday on a plane from Utah. We went snowmobiling in the Rockies, which was awesome. Um, but I had a couple close calls, but it was, that's what makes it exciting, right? But, um, you know, as I was flying out there, and as I was flying out there, I began to look over Salt Lake City as we were flying into Salt Lake City, and it's a huge town, and, man, my, my mind just, I was reading the Bible as I was riding, and, and I was reading, trying to prepare for the Sunday, didn't know what I was going to say, and, and God just spoke to me when we were flying over that town. It was just like my heart began to break, thinking, how many people in that town don't know Jesus? How many people in that town reject the gospel? And then it began to, I began to just get broken inside. And then I was like, well, how about the people on this airplane I'm with? I mean, how many people on this plane does not know Jesus? And you know, when I start thinking about things in that magnitude, I begin to get hopeless because it's like sometimes, and I don't know if you feel this way, but if you look around to the church today, and I feel hopeless because nobody's excited about telling anybody about Jesus. It, it, we've become a come and see movement instead of go and do movement. It's all about an experience. Let's come to church on Sunday morning. Let's experience this thing. Let, let, and let's don't do anything with what we got. That's what church has become. Because if we were a church, instead of being an experiential church, we were a church that was about the mission of God, things would be changing. Because when God's moving, you can't hold that stuff back. And God's created us. He, he, he intended for us to be a people that are on mission for, 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 for his kingdom, not for our own agenda. Amen? 
And when you're on mission for something, you're willing to lay it all down, right? You're willing to lay it all down. You're willing to die for that because you are so sold out, you are so bought in that you are willing to do anything for the mission. Can you say that about your heart for the mission of God? Can we say that, Dublin? That we as the people of Dublin have that desire and that, that, that intentionality in our heart for the people around us. Because I was reading Matthew 9, and I got to verse 37, and it shook me. But I'm going to read 35 through 37 right quick. So Matthew 9, verse 35 says, Jesus went, along, went, went through all the towns and the villages teaching in their synagogues. He was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I want to pause here for a second. Y'all just want to tell you, there are people in our community right now, they are, that's, that's who he's describing right there. They're lost. They're wandering around from place to place so many people in our community is going from place to place, going from drug to drug, trying to find something to give them peace, trying to find something to give them meaning, trying to find something to give them purpose. They're going from place to place. They're wandering all around searching for something that we have, but we got to give it to them. Amen? And that's what they, they're searching. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And what Jesus looked at them, and he had compassion upon them. How many times do we look at people and we actually have compassion for the lost? We have compassion for the drug addict. We have compassion for the alcoholic. No, most of the time, we're looking at people not with compassion, but with judgment. And God wants us to be people that are compassionate. God wants us to be people that are in love with him and has the heart that he has for his people. Amen? That's who he's called us to be. Not people to just show up to church and say, hey, you need to come experience this. No, we need to go to them and say, I want you to get what I have. That's what he's called us to be. And we won't go to people unless we have that compassionate heart that Jesus has. Unless, and the only way we're going to do that, most of us in this room look at people with judgment. We look at people with judgmental eyes, judgmental looks, judgmental thoughts. How many times have you talked to somebody that's not in your same social group? When's the last time you reached out in friendship for someone that, that don't smell as good as you do? We look at people and we look down upon people when we're supposed to be the people of God. Amen? We're supposed to be the people that have compassion over those that are lost. We're supposed to be the people that, that look at people and we are broken because if they don't know Jesus, they will die and be separated from God for eternity. Amen? Amen. So if we're driven by compassion, we will be driven by the message. We'll be driven by the mission of God. And what he says, he, Jesus looks Verse 37 says, then Jesus looks to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And as I read that, I know that my God is big. I know my God is huge. I know my God can do things like that that I've been trying to do my whole life. But yet I wonder sometimes, God, what's going on? Why is the church so not interested in reaching people? Why is the church okay with just coming and sitting on Sunday and, and worshiping and getting some great music and then going home and doing nothing with it? Why are we church? Why? 
Because most of us are fearful. Most of us are scared. Most of us are worried about what everybody else thinks instead of what God thinks. Most of us are not truly in love with Jesus. And I'm not saying that out of a heart of judgment. I'm just saying that, what did God's word say? A tree is known by its fruit. And if we're supposed to be a tree planted in Dublin, Georgia, what fruit have we as Connection Dublin showing the community around us? You know, I love what Jesus, he, he tells his disciples this, and I go right to the Great Commission. The last thing he told his disciples was, go out and make disciples of all men, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Do not fear, because I will be with you to the end of the age. Amen? That's what he said. That's the last thing. So if, if he tell, if that's the first thing he assigned his disciples, and the last thing he assigned his disciples, guess what? That was probably pretty important, right? You know, I read a Francis Chan quote that really speaks into this. It says, Simon says, raise your right hand, and we raise our right hand. Jesus says, makes disciples, and we memorize that verse. Simon tells us to do something, we do it. Jesus tells us to do something, we're like, you know what, that's a good verse. I'm going to memorize that, and I'm not going to apply it at all. Come on. We memorize Scripture, but are we applying Scripture to our life? See, this ain't a just come and get religion. This, this isn't about just getting this knowledge. It's about applying it to your life and allowing the Word of God to transform you and change you into the likeness of Jesus. Amen? So he's called us to be. So we got to remember that our salvation is not for us just to sit on, okay, and say that God is good. It's not. But it's for us to activate it in our life and, and it, it to be shared with the people around you. See, when God saved me, when Jesus saved me, man, I'll tell you, I went to every person that I knew and started telling them what Jesus done. And one by one, I began to get rejected. I began to look, people look crazy. At you. you know, when you start all your buddies that you went partying with on last Friday night, and then the next Friday night you tell them about Jesus, they like, you're hitting some harder stuff than what we own right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and when it's such a radical change, people start thinking you went crazy. But then when you start living it out, it's one thing to say you love God. It's another thing to actually love God. And when you start living it out and they start seeing that it's not just lip service, there's action behind that. That those thoughts, those words, they start thinking, what did he get? What did she get that I don't have? Listen, we've got to be those people that are intentional living it out. And we won't do that if we're fearful of what everyone else thinks. We've got to remember that God didn't just save us from something. That's what so many of us think. God saved me from hell. He did. He saved us so that we would not have to go to hell. But he didn't just save us. He saved us to something. He saved us to a relationship we would never, ever experience apart from God. He saved us to a life filled with purpose. He saved us to a life driven by the mission of God. That's what he saved us to. Are you living to what he saved you for? 
remember going to church. I mean, I went to church every single Sunday. I didn't miss a Sunday. I told you that last time I was here. I probably went to church more than the preacher did, okay? I was there all the time. I was marred down with religion, but religion don't save you. Jesus does. I went to church, but my actions never changed. My heart was never transformed until God got a hold of me and transformed me and changed me. That's when the real difference changed. We got a lot of people that show up to church on Sunday, and this is experiencing something and not applying it, and it's not changing your life. You just have religion. You don't have Jesus. And I can tell you that with boldness because I know that's who I was, and God saved me from it. God woke me up. God showed showed me of my lifelessness. And when I started truly following Christ, let me tell you what happened. Sins that I had struggled with for years began to fall off. Things that, 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 that I, I never thought I would ever be able to do began, started happening. You know why? Because I was pursuing the heart of God. Is that your life? Is that your heart, church? I mean, this ain't no game. This is real life. This is eternity at stake here. This ain't just, let's just come to church and look pretty and wear a blue shirt and wear a yellow, uh, orange shirt and let's, let's just let's park cars. No, this is real life. Are we living it out for God or are we just going through a routine? Because it takes guts to live for Jesus. It really does. I love in, verse, in chapter 10, verses 5 through 8, after Jesus kind of calls out his disciples and he gives them authority and empowers them. Verse 5 says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. He said, Don't go among the Gentiles or to any other town of Samaria. Go, rather, to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Man, when I read that, read that, that just, it got me. We read those verses and be like, you know what? I don't know if God, I don't know if I can go to Somalia. I don't know if I can go to, to, to Africa. I don't, I don't know if I can go to these third world countries and be a missionary. You know, no doubt, that is important. God's called certain people to those things. But what he says, he told his disciples, first, go to the lost sheep of Israel. We can't go to the nations unless we're going to our neighbors. Amen? You ain't going to go to the nations unless you're going to your neighbor. You ain't going to tell, you're not going to tell a Muslim about Christ unless you can tell your neighbor that you've been living by for 20 years about Jesus. It's about living on mission. And we fool ourselves, we think that we will be more more, we, we could be used more if we were a missionary. God, you, all of us are missionaries. All of us have a mission. It's to be sharing the love of Jesus and sharing the gospel with everyone around us that we come in contact with. Man, we should be so full of the Holy Spirit. It's like honey on us. When people rub up against us, it can't help but rub off. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. That's the reality. Do you rub off on people? When people meet you, is it like, man, that woman's got Jesus. That man is full of the Holy Spirit. Do they get that or they're like, they just like me. They just like me. See, when Jesus met people, they were never the same again. He rubbed off. And if I'm full of the same Holy Spirit, it should rub off. Amen? But very few of us rub off on our neighbors. Very few of us rub off on our coworkers. Very few of us even rub off on our family. 
Why is that? It's because we're so worried about what people think about me instead of what people think about Jesus. And if we're saved, we're an ambassador of Christ, then I am no longer Jeremy Lindsay. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything I do, everything I say is either defaming the name of Christ or pointing people to Jesus. From that moment on, he saved us to a mission of life. See, I love it when, when, when he says, verse 8, he says, Freely you have received, so freely give. I want to let you know something. God gave you the past for a reason. You with me? So many times we preach about, oh, you just got to let the past be where the past is. You have to let it be, but God gave you your past so you could reach people that had the same past you had. See, God freely gave you that so you could freely use that to reach people in the same place you once were. Come on, y'all with me? See, that's the reality. We want to sit there and we want to be ashamed. We want Satan to make us feel ashamed of what God called us out of. But God called us out of that for a purpose. God called me out of alcoholism for a purpose. God called me out of the party life for a purpose. Man, I'm telling you, God freely delivered my marriage for a purpose. It was going to hell in a handbasket. But my God saved it. Amen? See, my God did those things and I went through those things so that I could relate to people that I could not have related to any other way. So don't allow Satan to tell you to shut up from where you were, where you brought you out of. God wants you to use that as a megaphone to reach the people who's in that same walk of life. But yet we, we allow people to make us feel like we should be ashamed of those things. Freely God has given you salvation. Freely God has given you influence over people's life. So you should use that which you've been given for the glory of God. Amen. Some of us need to use our money for the glory of God. I wasn't planning on talking about that today, but you know. I mean, that's one of the biggest strongholds in most people's lives. Oh, I want to see God do amazing things. They got $100,000 in the bank. They give a dollar on Sunday morning. Come on, really? What does God say? Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I mean, God's called us to be people who give generously of our time, our talent, and our money. Amen? And so he says, freely you have received, freely given. I want to ask you a question. If you, got, if you found out today that you had stage four cancer, you had two weeks to live, two weeks, you'd be devastated, right? Two weeks. But then, miraculously, on Wednesday, God heals you. God heals you. You had a death sentence, and now you're healed. Would you shut up? Would you not say a word? Would you just sit there and be like, man, that was pretty good? Or would you tell everybody? Would you tell everybody that you're healed? Would you be excited that you're healed? Would you? Come on, that, that means yes. Would you be excited? Do you, we all realize that apart from Christ, we had a death sentence, right? We were condemned. We were going to hell. There was no way out of that. But see, when he saved us, he cured us of that disease, and he, he gave us life and breath. That's something we should be shouting happy about, church. That's be something we should be jumping up and down about, excited about, telling people, let me tell you what Jesus done for me. 
Let me tell you what Jesus done in my life. And until you realize that you were condemned and dying and going to hell, but outside of Jesus, you will never really truly pursue him that way. I mean, have you really thought about how, de- how deprived your life was, how dark your life was before Jesus? So, church, we got to depend on God. We got to realize that He's with us. We're always worried about what other people think. So, I'm, I'm asking you right now what's holding you back? This whole series is called The End of Me. It, we, we, the whole purpose is that we would rid ourselves of us and allow God to fill the void. What's holding you back from living a life of mission? What's holding you back from being a man or woman of God, driven by the mission and the purpose of God? What's holding you back today? What stops you from being the vessel that God wants you to be? Fear. Fear. And and I'm not not preaching at you. I'm telling you, I'm in the same boat with you. Because last Monday, I failed God. I, I was in the line at a convenience store, and there was a guy in my community Everybody has people like this in their community. He's, he's, he's just very opinionated. He's very loud. And he's very big. And so this guy's talking about how his ear has been ringing for two years. And I'm in line right behind him. I said hey to him. He asked me how my family was. That was it. He was talking about how his ear been ringing for two years. And he went to all these doctors. And in the line... God spoke to me and said, pray for him. He didn't say heal him. He just said, pray for him. And I'm like, God, you got to be talking to somebody else. Because, man, this dude will pound me down. He don't go to church. He don't know about Jesus. He's going to think I'm crazy. And then the enemy started in my head thinking, making me think, maybe that was just you wanting to do good. And that wasn't God. So the guy walks out, and he goes to his car, and I'm paying for my stuff, and I go to walk out, and I'm thinking, and I done convinced myself that it was me and not God telling me to, and so I keep going. And I get in my car, I get in my truck, and I pull off. And it's funny how God gives you second chances because the dude was struggling getting his little bag of goodies in the car from the convenience store, okay? He had a Coke and a pack of crackers, all right? He was struggling. He was getting his stuff in the car, and I was pulling off, and I was just like, well, and the more I drove away, the more I felt God telling me that that was him. And he was gone. And you know what God's been, he's been hammering my heart all week. You know what I'm going to do Monday? I'm going to the man's house. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> but the reality is, we allow fear, what people think of us, to rob us of the blessing of being a vessel of change to other people. See, a lot of times when God calls us to do things, it's not for those other, those other people. A lot of times it's for us because we get the greater blessing being obedient to God. we got to change our perspective the way we look at things and start looking at it the way God sees it. Amen? See, we're often so fearful of rejection. And see, Jesus tells us, no doubt, that it's, it's, it's hard when you're being a true disciple of Christ. Jesus tells us in, in Matthew 21 through 39, that whole passage, he's given his disciples just kind of a heads up of what's going to happen. He's giving his disciples a, a look. This, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. These things are going to happen to you. See, we often have a jaded reality of thinking that when we start following Jesus, things are going to be easy. But when you start telling people this is what Jesus says and it's contrary to their life, 
people began to not like that. But that's when you have to be rooted in the word of God and, and, and loving Christ to where you're like, you know what? I don't care what you think. I love you enough and I care about your eternity enough to where I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen? Amen? See, God's called us to be those people. But he tells us that disciples is not going to be easy. And as you read that section, you'll read it. And you've probably already read it in our 410, our 412. But when you read that section, it almost sounds like Jesus is trying to talk them out of what he's doing. He's trying to talk them out of being a disciple. He's trying to talk them out of going because he really wants them to know that it's going to be hard. He really wants them to know that they're going to come attack. It's going to, be, it's going to cost you something. See, we think that being a disciple and being a follower of Christ costs us nothing. But in reality, is it should cost us everything. And I should be willing to pay whatever price I should pay because Jesus is greater. Amen? We sing those songs, and how many times do we sing those songs with lying lips because we don't truly believe that he's greater? Our life doesn't show that he's greater. See, church, I'm telling you that God's called us to be a force to reckon with, but Satan is robbing us as the church of the power because he's getting in our head and making us worry about what everybody else thinks, what the world around us thinks more than what the God of the universe that saved us thinks about our life. See, I think sometimes that we think that we get discouraged when we do pray for people. We get discouraged when we witness to someone and they don't get saved. We think that God's going to save them today. God's going to heal them today. God's going to do this today. And he may. But what God wants you to be is so intent and so focused on the mission that he wants you to go pray for that person, you not knowing the outcome. He wants you to invite that man, that woman to church not knowing the outcome. He wants you to be intentional with what you do, not knowing. It's about obedience, not about, not about getting production, not about production, right? We want success, and God said, hey, I'm the Lord of the harvest. I'm the one that's going to give you success. You just be obedient to what I'm telling you to do. So, so, so oftentimes, we, we're, we stop being the vessel God's called us to be because we hit a roadblock because our perspective is wrong. We think that we should get success instead of just being obedient. And I'm preaching to myself right now because nothing gets me discouraged in the preaching and, and doing all things for God and then nobody acting interested. And I had to come to a place about a month ago that was like, you know what, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do, and I'm going to preach as long as you want me to preach. And you tell me it's time to sit down, I'm going to sit down. But I want to be on mission for God, do you? Do you? See, he's called us to be obedient workers. He's in charge of the harvest. And so here's the point. I'm fitting to close out. But here's the point. We don't, you won't truly find life and purpose until you lay down your life for Jesus. Until you lay down your pride for Jesus. Until you lay down your plans for Jesus. Until you lay down what you have held of a high regard to Jesus. What are you going to lay down? Have you laid down? Have you died to yourself? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Jesus says that we should take up our cross, right, and follow him daily, right? We got, we got to do that every single day. It's every day self-denial, every day denying me, every day promoting Christ. It's the intentionality. It's desire. And if you don't want to pick it up, you won't pick it up. Are we his people, church? See, too often we settle into a routine and we lose we lose. Sight of the mission. Dublin, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. 
I'm talking to you right now. I feel like God laid this on my heart to share directly to you. God's placed you here for a reason. Does anybody believe that God makes mistakes? No. Does everybody in this room believe that everything happens for a reason? Does everybody in here believe that, that everyone's in here for a reason today, right? God's got a plan. God, nobody's here by accident. See, God placed you here. God's put you in this church for a reason. And it's not just to come and consume. It's to get what God's given you and go and share it with the world around you. If you want to make an impact for this community, God's not going to use Buck. He's going to use you. One man can only reach so many people, but us as an army of God can reach thousands upon thousands of people for Lawrence County. But it's going to be through you that God changes this county, not through Buck. And we have to realize as the church of Lawrence County that God has got us here for a reason. God's got God's got a mission, a plan for each and every one of you right here in this room. There's people in your life that you can reach that I can't. There's people in this room that you can reach that your neighbor can't reach. There's there's people at, at home, there's people at work that are dying to see you living this thing out in front of them. A man or woman on mission for God. Are you, are you, are you that person? Are you doing that every single day? We look around and we start seeing that the attendance starts dropping. And we start seeing that the people become less interested in coming to connect group. And we start seeing all these things and we start, start blaming, well, maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the pastor. Maybe it's the preaching. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And we, don't, we start pointing at everybody else. Let me tell you what my grandma used to tell me. When you point your finger at somebody else, there's, come on, there's a lot more pointing back at you. And I think a lot of us in this room, myself included, we need to examine our own hearts and our own motives and say, God, it's my heart for you to use me. It's my heart for you to, to recklessly move in my life and me to recklessly abandon who I am in order to pursue you. Is that my heart? See, God's, God's, God's desire for each of you in attendance here today is for you to be people on mission for God, living your lives for the glory of God. Living your lives to, to, to point people to Christ. That when you touch somebody, when you walk by somebody, it rubs off. Are you rubbing off in the community? Because my brother AJ here walks by and he rubs his brother right here. He might say, man, there's a little something different about AJ. But then my sister walks by him full of the Holy Spirit and talks to him and shares the love of Christ with him and rubs up against him. He's, then he sees her and he's like, you know what? There's something real about this Jesus stuff because this man and this woman are both on fire for Christ. When we are in unity, when you are unified, following Jesus Christ together over the mission and the purpose of God, he changes things. Are you, are you so broken? You're so hungry to see God change people in your, in your family? Guess what? You need to come to this altar in just a second and say, God, change me. God, change my perspective. God, change my heart. God, take the pride out of me. God, take the fear out of me. God, take the self-motivation out of me. God, take these things out of me. Pour me out. And God, give me more of you. That's what we got to have in the church. And the reality of it is church is we won't never, ever, 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 
have that desire, have that passion for anyone to know Christ if we don't know him. I went to church my whole life. Didn't care to invite nobody because I only worried about me. And I'm going to say a bold statement that some, some people might not agree with, but this is the reality. If you don't care about your neighbor or your, or your wife or your, or, or your sons or your daughters or anybody else about knowing Jesus, if you don't care about their eternity, then you don't know Christ. Because you can't know the Jesus I know. You can't be touched by the Jesus I've been touched by and not want to give it to somebody else. He says, freely you've been given. Freely you should give. Are you giving it out freely? Church, I want to ask you a question. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not passionately in love with him, if you're not following him, if he is not the center of your life, and I just want you to be bold. I want you to raise your hands. I want to surrender my life and give it to him right now. I want to give you my life right now. If you don't know him. And by not raising your hand means I know him. So if there's a doubt, Raise your hand. Our prayer team would love to pray with you, to talk with you through this. Anybody? All right. It's all those church people in here. So the reality is this. I'm going to ask you a question. Why are these seats empty? See, Jesus put himself on the cross to bring us good news. No one else put Jesus there. So if we're going to proclaim the same message, church, the good news to the world, then it only makes sense that I have to put me on the, on the cross. I have to die to me and promote Christ. To share the good news to the world, I want to ask you a question. What's God speaking to your heart right now? I don't know how you do things here in Dublin. And don't take this wrong, but I don't care right now. Because God's really prompting me to. So many of us are marred down by pride. So many of us won't move. We won't step out. We won't admit to anything because we're worried about everybody's thinking. If you want to be, have more of Jesus, if you want to be filled more with God, if you want to be a man or woman living on mission for him, if there's sin in your life that's holding you back, if there's pride in your life holding you back, if there's things in your life holding you back, if you've been saved your whole life and you've really not, you've really not shared the gospel with anybody, I want you to, you need to come and repent. You need to come to this altar with me and let's pray. Let's say, God, use us to change this community. God, help me rid me of me so that the community around me can see you in me. Amen? I want to challenge you. That's you today. If you want to see God do amazing things in your family, if you want to see God do amazing things in your life, if you want to see God do amazing things in this church, stand up. Stand up. Anybody. Anybody. So that's your heart. You're all standing up. You're halfway there. 
next thing is for you to repent, for you to say, God, show me what my next step is. God, show me what's holding me back. God, reveal to me how I can step out of this religion and into this relationship. God, help my life be like that honey that it rubs off onto the people. God, that's what this time is for. As this worship team begins to play, when God starts moving, y'all come meet me at this, at this altar. Meet me at this stage, and let's pray for God to use us. Let's pray for God to change us. And you can pray in your seat, but let me tell you, I'm a very prideful person. And until I get out of that seat, I, I'm, not, I'm telling God I'm okay with how I feel. But when I get out of that seat and I come to this altar and begin to say, you know what, I don't care what none of these people think because it's all about you, Jesus. And I'm not trying to make a response. I want you to truly desire to know him like he knows you. He gave his life for you, church. It's only right that we should give ours to him. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. Let's do business. Father God, we come to you right now praying. God, expecting you to do amazing things. God, shake us to the core. God, make us your people. Father, you're the God of the harvest. But God, I pray that we would be people that are designed to be your workers. We desire to work for you. We desire to do your will. God, it's not our will, but your will. So God, move in our hearts. God, change us. Move in us. Show us. God, touch the places in our hearts that we've been hidden, that we've been hiding, that we've been too prideful to admit we're struggling with. God, I pray that we would stop worrying about people's thoughts of us, people's acceptance of us. But God, we would start worrying more about what you think, God. Father, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts and show us where you are approved in us. God, where you, where you are disapproved in us. God, I pray you would show us, God. Help us be your people. God, help us reach the people in Lawrence County. God, move on us in a mighty way. But God, first and foremost, God, rid us of us. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your passion and fill us with your heart, God. God, we beg you today. We beg you today. In Jesus' name.